This episode is brought to you by Ledger, the largest crypto hardware wallet company in the world. They're trusted by more than 4 million users worldwide. With the recent events throughout the crypto industry, it highlights the importance of self-custody. If you do not control your own private keys, you do not own your Bitcoin. Exchanges have had a history of being hacked. Hardware wallets help protect against losing your funds. Ledger Live is a great app that you can use with your hardware wallet that allows you to be able to secure, buy, swap, lend, and track your crypto portfolio while retaining full control of your funds. Ledger also recently released their Nano S Plus which gives you the ability to have a bigger screen on your hardware wallet. You can manage over 5,500 digital assets, and it also allows you to be able to participate with DeFi and Web3 and utilizing NFTs in the blockchain. If you go on the show notes, I'll have my affiliate link there where you can be able to learn more about Ledger and also getting started when it comes to protecting your crypto assets. Welcome back everyone to another edition of Insightful Principles. In today's podcast, I wanna talk about fractional reserve banking and really going into details of what exactly does that process look like when you think of how a bank actually holds their reserves, how it's being lent out, how exactly the Federal Reserve plays a role when it comes to reserve requirements and how ultimately it can really, really showcase if we are in a contractionary or an expansionary uh, monetary environment. So if you all could do me a huge favor, if you could please rate, leave a review, or share this podcast. Also, if you can subscribe to my YouTube channel, Insightful Principles, uh, that would be greatly appreciated. I also will be putting this on my page and you can see the visuals to that. Now, when it comes to fractional reserve banking, it is a system where banks will hold customer deposits and they will lend out those same deposits at loans to borrowers. Now, banks are required to keep on hand a certain amount of cash that depositors provide to them but banks are not required to keep the entire amount on hand. So banks essentially have what's called reserve requirements, and these are usually determined by the Federal Reserve, and they will actually set what the certain percentage is of what a bank has to actually hold in reserves. And a typical requirement for a bank is to have about 10% of their deposits on hand as reserves. So for example, Let's say you have a bank that has $100 million in deposits and their reserve requirement is 10%. The bank can essentially lend out $90 million of those deposits to other people or businesses to help facilitate more economic activity, whether that's buying a car, getting out a credit card, buying a mortgage, or even starting a business. Now, reserve requirements are a monetary tool that the Federal Reserve will use to either increase or decrease economic activity. By increasing the reserve requirement, the Federal Reserve is simply taking money out of the economy and they're increasing the cost of credit, which we are seeing right now. The Fed, they're raising rates 
And this is in contrast of them taking out liquidity in the market to help combat inflation. Whereas when reserve requirements decrease, this pumps more money into the economy. It gives banks more excess reserves and in result, it expands bank credit and it also helps lowers interest rates. So you may ask, what is the reason for fractional reserve banking? Why is it prevalent? And it really allows banks to utilize a bulk of their deposits to help create products around lending and also offering credit. Their purpose is essentially to make money off of people's deposits that are coming into the bank. And they also want to be able to create more funds to make them available for the economy. This episode has also been brought to you by iTrust Capital. iTrust Capital allows their clients to invest in crypto through an individual retirement account or an IRA. IRAs are tax shelter accounts, which means all of your crypto trading is tax free and can even grow tax free over time. So the platform allows you to be able to invest in crypto with like a Roth, a traditional or a SEP IRA. The process of signing up with iTrust Capital is really easy and the service is awesome. The best part is that it's totally free to open up an account and there's no hidden fees. You don't need to pay any monthly subscription or membership fees either. The platform also offers a growing list of over 25 different cryptocurrencies to invest in with more being added all the time. So it's easy to diversify your portfolio with a new mobile app that allows clients to trade whenever they want iTrust Capital has really earned its place in the market, being voted best crypto investment platform in the US. As a special tip for my viewers and listeners, if you open and fund an account today, you will get a $100 funding bonus added to your account. To learn more, click the link in the description and open up a free account and get started today. Now, some of the challenges with fractional reserve banking is what could happen if all the depositors request their money at the same time. Uh, this is known as a bank run. We kind of saw this with the crypto market with Terra Luna, Three Eras Capital. Uh, you had these different companies that uh, were crypto lenders that had fractional reserve banking strategies where they will only keep a fraction of their deposits but they were lending more out than what they actually had in their reserves and then when everyone on voyager on celsius were attempting to request their withdrawals all at the same time you see that they had to freeze assets so it's the same type of concept in the banking world and the traditional finance world uh, it's really when a bank doesn't have enough money in their reserves to help meet the demand of withdrawal requests. So if a bank, for example, only has 10% in reserves, and let's use the same example that I provided earlier, and let's say out of the 90 million that's being loaned out, let's just say 30 million is requested to be taken out with withdrawal requests from customers instead of that 10 million reserve requirement you can see how this can be an issue you know it's 
essentially $30 million that is being requested, but the bank only has $10 million in reserve. So it's negative $20 million that they don't have on hand. So a lot of people, you know, have a lot of pushback on this because they really think that, you know, fractional reserve banking is a system is to really create just credit out of nothing. It's, it's almost like, you know, banks have free will to pretty much lend credit in various different ways. And they may not necessarily have that money in reserve to be able to solidify future demand of deposits uh, of customers. So, you know, I definitely think this is the importance of why you do need to learn about how the banking system works. And I know when I first heard and, and learned about this concept, you know, I really had a different viewpoint on banks. And, you know, I don't necessarily hold a majority of my wealth in banks. If you're a podcast enthusiast like I am, you probably thought about making a podcast on your own. Creating a podcast is one of the best decisions I've made personally, but it definitely can feel overwhelming when trying to start one on your own. That's where Buzzsprout comes in. Their platform is hands down the easiest and the best way to launch, promote, and track a professional podcast. It's in fact so good that they have helped over 100,000 people launch their own podcast. Buzzsprout will get your show on every major podcast directory such as apple Podcasts, spotify google Podcasts, and more within minutes of your recording you also get a great looking podcast website detailed analytics to see how people are listening to your podcast and tools to promote your episodes as well Plus, Buzzsprout publishes new blog posts, podcast episodes, and YouTube videos every week. So you can learn the ins and outs of podcasting from people that live it every day. To start your own podcast and to get a $20 Amazon gift card, follow the link in the show notes that lets Buzzsprout know that we sent you and help support our show. Buzzsprout, the easiest way to start a podcast. I just really have a different outlook on keeping a hundred thousand dollars inside of a bank i don't def i don't think that that is the best alternative because for one the banks are going to make more money off of your money they're lending a majority of that money out to other people and then also when you think about just inflation you don't necessarily want to have that much cash just kind of sitting in a banking system especially if we have a situation where there is a bank run and for whatever reason the bank says we can't give you that money today you don't want to have that restriction and many u.s banks were actually forced to shut down during the great depression because too many customers attempted to withdraw assets at the same time so that's pretty much what fractional reserve banking is and how it really relates when it comes to a portion of deposits that can be lent out, what they have to keep in reserves, and also how the Federal Reserve plays a role on expanding or contracting the money supply by really determining what the reserve requirements are for most of the banks here uh, in the U.S. So I hope all of this was very informative for you all. Uh, if you please could rate, leave a review, share this with your family and friends uh, on the YouTube channel. If you could also like, subscribe, and share 
uh, that's greatly appreciated. Uh, also, check out my Patreon. I'll put all of that information in the show notes uh, where I create exclusive content for people that are wanting to learn more about investing, personal finance, entrepreneurship. So I thank you all so much and take care and have a blessed day.